0: Episode of a Joel New World. Today is August 2nd, 2022, and this is episode 9. Today we will be talking about the news Magic Band Plus. Uh new Disney Plus series in the works coming out very, very soon. And we're gonna be wrapping up and making our selections for uh, the previous episode, episode 8, where we decided what is the best table service restaurant at Walt Disney World, and we're going to take to the brackets, and we're going to actually complete that bracket today. So we will have a um, champion in the table service restaurant world at Walt Disney World. Okay, today is August 2nd, 2022. We haven't been to the parks in a little bit, but... Um, but we will probably end up going later this week to try out our new Magic Band Pluses for the first time. We did purchase those. Um, we do have a middle of August trip planned for my daughter's birthday. And we will be staying at Pop Century. I love Pop. It feels like a second home to me for some reason. Uh, and I also love the Skyliner option there now too. They share that with the Art of Animation. It's a short walk over to the Skyliner. And you're just minutes away from Epcot and Hollywood Studios as well as the Riviera as well, if you want to go there too, uh, or Caribbean Beach. I also feel like their food court is really good, so there's plenty of options there. Uh, The food isn't just like overwhelmingly incredible, but it's all pretty good, and there's plenty of options there right at your resort. You can get those fill refillable mugs for the length of your stay, and get as much Coke products as you want, or tea, coffee, things like that. And Pop Century was the first Disney resort that I stayed at, and it just always brings me back to those great memories. So maybe um, I I definitely think that Pop Century holds a special place in my heart, and it just reminds me of those vacations and those fun trips that we used to take. And we almost always stayed at Pop Century when we came. Uh, Anyways, today's e-ticket attraction, just kind of previewing it for you, is what is the best table service restaurant at Walt Disney World, and we're going to take to the brackets this week, and we're actually going to. Um, complete our bracket and determine a winner but first let's get to the news we have quite a bit of news today and some new and important updates as well so the tomorrowland light and power company that's the store um, at space mountains exit is now closed temporarily the space mountain exit moved in preparation for tron light cycle run at magic kingdom so i i think this is that next step and that final step right before they open the tron light cycle run And, um, I think they're probably just, you know, making it, making sure it looks polished. Everything else is getting coordinated with the same open date. They haven't announced an open date, but my prediction is October 1st of this year. I might be a little bit, uh, kind of reaching for that, but I'm very hopeful. And I think it's going to be pretty close to that. I do think it'll be by the end of this year. Um, Anyways, the Space Mountain Exit gift shop Tomorrowland Light and Power Company has closed for refurbishment to accommodate changes for the upcoming Tron light cycle run roller coaster. Exterior changes on the gift shop have been underway already. I have seen those, and it looks like, like almost half of the store had been closed for a little bit, so they're officially just shutting it down and getting everything done that they need to get done. I don't think that will be such a long uh, overhaul or refurbishment probably just making it more fresh and more modern and, um, you know, putting the finishing touches on, on that gift shop. I'm wondering if that's going to be the exit to Tron as well. I wonder if it's going to share that gift shop with, um, space mountain. That's kind of what I'm wondering. Uh, and I could see that it is a very big gift shop and it could house two different attractions, exits as well, but we'll see. That would be my prediction. Uh, just a little bit of updates on Tron. There are concrete walls and planters near the beginning of the upper walkway. So they're starting to form these, um, big planters out of concrete. They'll fill it in with mulch and dirt and probably put some plants, shrubs, and trees in there, make it look fancy and beautiful. The tunnel for the railway or the railroad is good, looking good. The track is going through Tron or underneath Tron. And they're just kind of finishing up the walkway, and it looks like they're kind of forming everything. Everything's formed. Need to put some railing up for the um, elevated walkway to get to the attraction. And they've been doing testing now during the day and during fireworks. It doesn't matter what time of day. Uh, If you're lucky and at the right spot at the right time, you just might see Tron running, which is exciting. I think the more and more they test it, it means the closer and closer we're going to get to that soft opening maybe even a preview for pass holders or DVC especially. And then officially it'll be open, I think. Um, landscaping shouldn't take very, very long. And it looks like they're getting really close to that point. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd feel, feel like they need to finish their walkway to connect it to everything else in the park or in Tomorrowland. They need to finish that gift shop. They need to continue their um, testing. And then like I said, landscaping will probably be the last thing Along with their final tests. And then they'll do a soft opening probably. And then they'll probably be announcing their um, the opening date for this attraction as well if I had to say. Maybe at D23 they will be announcing the opening date for it. D23 is coming up very soon. Um, the date for it is, it looks like it is in September. So September 9th. Looks like the first one in Anaheim. I think that's probably when you're going to announce the opening for Tron light cycle run. So if that's September 9th, around that area, that's a little less than a month for my predicted um, opening time slot. So I could see, you know, my guess being off by maybe a month or two just based on that date. But who knows, maybe they want to surprise everybody and say October 1st, Tron is opening. I'm sticking to it though. I made a prediction for a reason, I'm going to stick to it. But I do uh, foresee them announcing the opening of Tron at D23, at that expo coming up very soon, here in the next, almost a month away now. Alright, so everything's looking great with Tron. You can see all the progress on the People Mover very briefly. And the other bit of news, Magic Band Plus has arrived. July 27th, 2022, it arrived. On the first day, my wife took the kids to play at the playground at Animal Kingdom, and also to pick out some new Magic Bands. So we ended up getting three. I chose the red Iron Man one. It looks like it uh, has the arc reactor in the center. It lights up around it. looks really, really cool. It's mostly red, like Iron Man's armor. My wife got the gray Toy Story one. It has the alien on the front. It lights up there as well. And my daughter ended up with the white Minnie Mouse one. So um, really cool looking. And, um, and yeah, Magic Band Plus is here to stay, I think, for at least, the next several years. So MagicBand Plus has two price points. The, they call it the Sage is $34.99, and that's basically just the solid color Magic Bands or the basic ones, uh, which look really cool, by the way. Um, I didn't think I would like the just the plain Magic Bands, but they look much more upgraded than the original versions of Magic Band. They do have that Mickey head or that Mickey logo on the front that lights up as well. And it looks really great. They have a black one that looks really cool as well. So the Sage or the basic one is $34.99. And the price for all uh, solid color bands as well, like I said. Slate, it's like a gray color, um, is the next tier. And that's like your fancier ones with the designs that most people are probably going to go for. Those start at $44.99. And the price for all Magic Band Plus with designs is $44.99 you do get a pass holder discount. So if you're a pass holder, you get 20% off of that. I think it saves $9 off of the the $45 magic band Plus. So um, not too bad. And if you are booking a vacation in advance, I recommend you checking out online. You know, in the past when you would uh, pick out your magic bands and have them mailed to your house, you could still do that. And right now they have a pre-arrival price of uh, $10 less than these prices. So uh, if your trip isn't for like a month or two, I don't recommend it if it's coming up in the next week or two, be just based on arrival times and things like that. You may not get it in time. Um, but if it's definitely a month further out, uh, check it out online and order your magic band plus that way. It's a quick way to save $10 up front on every magic band plus that you order. Um, so I definitely recommend you looking that way as well. And it, it's one of the first things to pop up when you click on magic bands, if you do have a trip reserved so the process um the process of getting your new magic band plus ready for first use i've heard some varying stories like i said in my last podcast or in this last episode there's going to be some issues you got to work out all the kinks but i feel like by now maybe a week or two in it's going to be a well-oiled machine and there's always going to be room for improvement but with this they do push out new firmware to these magic band pluses so Um, There's always a possibility of updating it and upgrading it as well. But the process was fairly simple. Comes in a nice little box and after unboxing it I immediately charged it up for an hour. I don't know exactly how long it took but I just gave it an hour and they gave it a full charge. I didn't really look to see what my charge level was out of the box. They say it's supposed to be around 50% or more. But some people have been reporting like 20% or less. Um, and that could just be that they've been sitting around for a while. Um, we know that they've had the inventory for a while and it could just be, have been sitting around in a warehouse for months, um, which I think is the case for some of these, especially those like solid color ones. Um, but after unboxing it, I go to the, my Disney experience app and pair it, update the firmware on it. it took about three or four minutes. And then I go through and I look at all the different settings in the app. It was very easy to set up. They've made some additions, um and added this new section which makes it very user-friendly walks you through all the steps and you can actually choose the startup color if you just click on the different color schemes you can actually see what it looks like on your magic band so if you want to see it light up at home i recommend doing that i think i left mine with the the lightest color possible because it looks kind of like the arc reactor is lit up Uh, and i like that look too but like you can get green red orange pink uh you name it they basically have it yellow Uh, and you can use those different colors for the startup color uh okay the cons we've heard some cons people have reported difficulties in battery levels being too low and to update your your magic band plus for the first time in the firmware it needs to be at 50 percent charge so if it's under that you're gonna have to charge it for a little bit and people didn't like that and i get it if you're trying to unbox it and use it on the same day that can cause some difficulties or some snags in your plans of using it. The charging cable, I noticed this is a con for me. The charging cable is really short. It's very hard to charge it, especially if you have like a charger on the floor, like a surge protector or something. It's like 10 inches long. The the, the um, charging cable that it comes with is about 10 inches long. I don't know if you can get a bigger one, or you know whatever the case may be, get an adapter to make it longer. I haven't found out. I've heard that you can buy these chargers separately, and I'm not sure if they're the same size. I would imagine they probably are, um, but maybe in the future they'll come out with some longer charging cables. It was very challenging to bend over and just kind of hold the watch and get it charged. It was very short, so if you're like me and enjoy like at least three feet of charging cable uh, or more, then that might bug you a little bit. That's what I noticed. Other than that, just kind of nitpicking there and um, so far I love it. I haven't actually used it at the parks yet, but what I have seen here, it's really great. You can also use the fuel rod to charge it, so if you do have a fuel rod, you can exchange it out, charge it up there at the park, that'd probably be the easiest way. Or if you have like a portable charger or um energy bank or something like that, you can do that. It is kinda of hard to find a plug at Disney. You have to get lucky and be at the right spot and you have to wait there for a while, so um, so yeah, I would recommend using the fuel rod to charge it or some other form of portable um, charging. I know you can wear it too while you charge it. I saw somebody do that in a video and uh, you can do that as well. But you can check out my unboxing of my new Iron Man Magic Band Plus on my YouTube channel, Joel New World. And it's a very brief video, gives you a view of what it looked like and basically all the options in the app and what it looks like. So really easy way to do that. So where does Magic Band Plus work? Why would I want it? That's a valid question. Really, though, the price point isn't too much different than the original Magic Band. So I do see them phasing out the original Magic Bands. Uh, I think they'll still be functional, but I don't think they're going to sell as many of those original magic bands. And the price point is pretty comparable to a normal magic band. It works at all the beacon the beacons of magic, like Tower of Terror and Spaceship Earth. It works with Harmonious, the fireworks spectacle in epcot it works with the magic kingdom fireworks show i've heard some hiccups in this not working like it was intended but like i said it's the first week it's going to happen trial and error Um, they're going to get it fixed it interacts with all 50 of the golden statues throughout the four parks so like the statue of figment stitch uh, pinocchio you name it they're going to interact with you Uh, There is a bounty game in Hollywood Studios Galaxy's Edge. It looks really, really cool. That's one I'm really excited for. You can earn credits through Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, So bounty hunting and finding these criminals or these wanted creatures or beings throughout Galaxy's Edge. That seems really, really fun. Um, You can use the Play Disney app. That's another app you have to use, but you can use it to enhance your experiences as well and in that app there's a fab 50 quest so you can go on a quest to find all of those 50 golden statues throughout the parks i haven't used it but what it looks like is once you find it kind of like in pokemon i think i didn't really play pokemon when it came out but um once you uh, interact with it it kind of unlocks it basically until you get all 50 of them so that sounds like a cool feature as well i do foresee disney adding a unique scavenger hunt or experience like in galaxy's edge To the other three parks that will help promote the Magic Band Plus in the future. I do foresee that coming. Maybe even at Disney Springs too. But what better way than to incorporate Star Wars and the Magic Band Plus? I think that's kind of like their trial and error system. And seeing what they can improve upon it. I think it's going to take some time for them to develop a new game. Or maybe um, a new scavenger hunt or something like that. But I think they're using this one at Star Wars kind of as a tester. And then in the next year or so, I think they're probably going to incorporate it throughout some of the other parks as well. And make them unique to that park. Make you want to go there and do some other experiences as well. You know in the past how they used to have the Sorcerer's uh, card game. I can kind of see them incorporating or replacing it with Magic Band Plus instead and doing some of those interactive features as well. That's just my opinion, but I think that's definitely coming soon. And that would be really cool. I think it's fun for the kids, fun for the adults as well. And uh, I just don't know how it's going to look when it gets really busy and everybody's trying to interact with these statues and everybody's trying to interact with these games. Um, Because it does look busy and some of these areas get really crowded. So uh, I'm interested to see how it goes. And especially as more people get Magic Band Plus, it's definitely going to cause, you know, like a bottleneck in a certain area. Or a popular area of the game so uh, i definitely want to see it and see if it is that way or if more people care about the rides some people care about these games um, we'll see right it just takes time to see how it works out but i'm very excited for the future of magic band plus overall i like the design of the new magic band plus better than the old one it is a bigger wristband which i feel um, i like I feel like the old ones were a little bit dainty for me. I do have a big wrist, big hands, uh, and big arms. So, um, it's very, it's perfect, basically. It's a good size. It doesn't look too small on your wrist and it doesn't really get in the way either. It's not that much bigger. It can also, just like the old Magic Bands, you can kind of tear away that one part and throw it out if you have a smaller wrist or for the kids as well. And it fits my daughter just fine. So, um you can still have that feature where you tear it away and make it smaller as well. If you're afraid the battery will die and you'll be out of luck, don't worry. You can still use your MagicBand Plus to enter the parks and your hotel room, make purchases just like normal. So if your battery's dead, you're still going to have functionality with those necessary functions. So uh, The battery works specifically just for the new features that interact with the statues, with the fireworks, the beacons of magic and the light up and the vibration features so um, you won't be able to interact with those experiences until it has been recharged but at least you can still use it like the old magic band system and you can still um, get into your hotel room which is a necessity and you can also get into the parks as well which you need to do as well and i haven't heard but i think you can still make purchases that would make sense to me as well so very cool the future looks bright I'm glad that they're um, incorporating some more interactive experiences throughout the park. I think what spurred this is probably Universal Studios and those interactive wands uh, for Harry Potter. And I think this kind of, you know, kind of spurred this and kind of brought this on. And this is one way that Disney is answering Universal. And I like it. I like the competition there, trying to one up each other. That's what makes everybody. Um, better every company better competition and we reap the benefits basically as consumers so uh, bring it up next just a a small bit of news if for my lego fans out there like myself the new lego mini haunted mansion set is now available and it doesn't cost that much it's not very big but it is like 600 pieces so that's pretty good and it retails for only 34.99 and i'm pretty sure you can find it at target lego store online and probably at the Lego store in uh, Disney Springs as well. I'm sure you can find it in the shops at Disney World as well. Alright, just now, the full trailer for Ander has arrived. And the premiere date has been pushed back to September 21st on Disney+. Plus. I believe the launch date or the premiere date was August. So it's just been pushed back about a month. Or just a couple weeks it seems like. And Season 1 of Ander follows Diego Luna's Cassian Ander five years before the events of Rogue One. It was also announced that the first three episodes will be released simultaneously. And I like that, um, especially with a new series where you don't have any anything to base it off of. I know in this one you have Rogue One. But for new series, I like to get invested and I kind of like to wait until a couple of episodes have been released so I can kind of binge it and get in that world and kind of live in that world for a little bit. So I like that they're uh, releasing three episodes at the same time on September 21st. The trailer, I just watched it for the first time. It got me really hyped up for this series. So they did a fantastic job advertising the series and getting you wanting to watch this series. Before this trailer, I was like, I don't know if I need this series. He wasn't that great of a character to me, personally. I don't know if this is a hot take, but in Rogue One, he wasn't my favorite one. Jen Ursa was much, I don't know, I kind of related to her a lot more and kind of was pulling for her more. Uh, I didn't hate Ander in the in Rogue One, but I definitely just found myself drawn to other characters more so, especially like uh, that one character. I can't remember his name, but uh, I think his name is like Lawrence Fishburne or something like that. But uh, that guy, I liked him. I think he is in this series as well. And uh, But whatever they did in this trailer got me hyped up for it. It looks kind of like an action-packed and very sci-fi thrillery type of show i know star wars sci-fi hello yeah for sure but this one really looks like they're amping up the technology and really going more for a sci-fi uh thriller kind of like a spy thriller uh is just basically the tone i got from the um, trailer it also appears to be a little bit more political like in episodes one through three um, of the star wars uh, skywalker franchise or saga so if you like that you'll probably like this Also, if you love Rogue One, you're probably going to really enjoy this one as well. Kind of starts about the origins five years before the events of Rogue One. So this is like the start of the Rebellion, basically. And that was the tagline in the trailer. On IMDb, it appears that there will be 12 episodes in Season 1, running all the way through November. And it also shows a second season in IMDb as well. So I don't know if that's true. If it's been confirmed, I don't know. But uh, IMDP is pretty much accurate and safe to assume that they might be renewed for a second season as well. It might depend on how well this one goes as well, but, uh, I'm excited for 12 episodes at least this year. And, um, it showed 12 more in the second season as well. I don't know if that's accurate, but it looks like we're at least getting 12 episodes, um, from September through November. Anders stars Diego Luna, Stellan Skarsgård, and Genevieve O'Reilly. I'm not familiar with her work, but she had top billing, so um, she must be very important in this series. Like I said, they have some other returning characters from Rogue One, and it looks really great. I'm very excited for it. I know some people are kind of turned off by the amount of new series and new movies coming out with the Star Wars universe, but not me. I feel like each one has its own place in the universe. And it doesn't really interfere too much with the old ones that we love and the original ones that we love and cherish so much. I say it has its place in there. As long as it tells its own unique story, I'm cool with it. As long as it furthers the and deepens the universe and the, the world of Star Wars, I'm cool with it. I know some people aren't and says it waters it down. But uh, the more I get, the more I'm liking it. So keep bringing it on disney and keep doing a great job i love the mandalorian i loved um this recent one as well Ander looks really great i know there's an ahsoka one coming out soon as well and it looks really great so i'm very excited for it the future looks bright for star wars and they definitely want to cash in on that big star wars name i get it um, disney wants to do that as well but um, everything they've been doing so far is great and now it's time to get to our e-ticket attraction which is the bracket we're going to continue our bracket today we're going to select our winners for all of those 32 restaurants all those matchups and stay tuned we'll get to our e-ticket attraction of the day just one more bit of news this just came out but specialty food and beverage popcorn buckets and more revealed for mickey's not so scary halloween party 2022 at the magic kingdom so Disney has revealed some of those limited edition popcorn buckets that are Halloween-themed, and some of the nice snacks, treats, and drinks that were going to be offered just during that Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party. I briefly went through these, but most of these are going to be my honest reaction as I read it. I thought that would be kind of fun to give my honest reaction as I saw them for the first time. And I'm just going through this news article I want to discuss some of the highlights and some of the items that are going to be featured on these uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party nights, these limited-ticket events. And I'm very excited because we're actually going to be there in August um, around the 19th. So on the 19th, we will be there for the Halloween party. And these are some of the things that we're going to be able to enjoy. So on top of Mickey's Boo-To-You Halloween Parade... Uh, candy like M&M's and Snickers. So if you're not familiar with it, you actually do get to go around and trick-or-treat at these little locations. And you can pick up candy throughout many locations, and you can get loaded up on just about as much candy as you want. So looking forward to that. And let's look at some of these items that we can find throughout Magic Kingdom at this party. Alright, so the first one that I see here... At Anti-Gravity's Galactic Goodies, they have a not-so-poison apple pie milkshake. Apple pie milkshake with green apple whipped cream, sour apple, marshmallow straw, cinnamon donuts, and a poison apple straw. And it says it's new this year. That sounds pretty good. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a huge like cinnamon and apple pie type of guy, but I might get that if I'm over there. But we'll see. This is the first item on the list, and I don't want to... You know, commit to something without reading the whole menu first. They also have there a sweet candy corn soft serve swirl cone. Sweet corn and vanilla soft serve swirl topped with candy corn chocolate oat. And that is also new as well. I think out of those two, I'd probably get the candy corn soft swirl cone. They do have a picture of it. It looks really great. So we'll see. Uh, But out of those two, I'm kind of leaning towards the candy corn. I kind of like that flavor a little bit more than apple pie. Over at Casey's Corner, Pain and Panic Hot Dog, all-beef hot dog, sweet and spicy onion relish, and sriracha mustard topped with spicy cheese-flavored snacks. That's also new as well. That sounds really great. I love a good hot dog, and I love a little bit of zing or kick to those hot dogs as well, so I might get that one for my my entree, if you will. Winifred's Elixir of Youth, black tea slushy with kiwi foam and Winifred chocolate piece. All right, that sounds pretty good, too. A black tea slushy. I haven't had anything like that before, but it could be good. And I do see a picture of it. It's very dark. It's, like, actually black with a green foam on top. That sounds interesting, and I might have to indulge one of those as well. So, right now, Casey's Corner is a must-hit for me. Moving on to the Cheshire Cafe. Bink's Pastry Tail. So, looks like a Cheshire Cattail, basically. A cattail drizzled with dark chocolate and topped with Binks chocolate piece. So it's basically like a Cheshire cattail. Just kind of bedazzled a little bit with Binks the cat. Uh, A little chocolate medallion. They have a cold witch's brew coffee. That sounds pretty good. It's a French vanilla cold brew with pumpkin spice foam topped with Halloween sprinkles. They have a picture of it as well and it looks pretty great. I think I might get that for a little pick-me-up at night. Uh, That does sound pretty good. All right, so I have a few items i got to put on my list here. I might need to start making a to-do list. Over at Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe, and there's a lot of different things on here. So if you do get um, tickets to this limited event, not only are you just paying for the park experiences, which I'll tell you firsthand from my experience in the past, me and my wife have done it a long time ago. And we basically had the parks to ourselves. We got... Uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train was practically a walk-on. It might have been like 10 minutes or something like that, but that never happens. Big Thunder Mountain, you can basically, uh, it does have a long line that you have to walk through. So uh, if you're familiar with Big Thunder, you do have to get out and walk back through, but it's basically a walk-on. Space Mountain was a walk-on. Um, all of these rides are so limited like to numbers of uh, guests attending that you basically have your pick of any ride in the park, which is fantastic and worth the money for my, in my opinion. Uh, for those extra four or five hours that it lasts, and on top of that, you get unlimited bucket or you get uh, limited buckets, limited food items as well, so um, and treats. So it sounds like a really good deal. C- Cosmic Rays Starlight Cafe, the Bayou Burger, all beef patty, jalapeno, pimento cheese. That sounds pretty good. Crispy and dewy sausage and garlic pickles. That sounds pretty good. Uh, I love pimento cheese. I've never really had it on a burger, but that sounds good with some sausage on there too. Could be really great. Over at the Fryer's Nook, you have a Hades hot dog. I'm assuming this is spicy. Yeah, spicy beef and pork hot dog. Hades relish and pickles served with house-made violet mustard. So that looks pretty good. looks kind of spicy. Okay, so out of the two, I'd probably go with the Casey's Corner. All right, next at the Fryer's Nook. Unpoco Loco Tots, chorizo sausage, green onion, and Hades cheese sauce. Those look pretty good. It looks kind of like cheese tots with, um, yeah, almost bacon bits, but I think it said it was sausage and green onions. So that's pretty traditional. I think you could probably get a better version of that over at Woody's Lunchbox. So I'll probably stick with that. All right, over at the Golden Oak Outpost. This sounds kind of interesting. The Spellbinding Fried Pie. Buffalo chicken, mozzarella, and blue cheese wrapped in flaky dough, topped with a candy eye, and jalapeno ranch aioli. And this is at the Golden Oak Outpost. It kind of looks like a Pop-Tart, honestly, like the ones you can get from Woody's Lunchbox. And I think it's made to resemble the spell book from uh, Hocus Pocus. So that's kind of what it resembles to me. It's like a lighter color than that, though. But it does look like that, and it sounds pretty interesting. So I may have to add that to the list as well. Over at the ice cream cart near Haunted Mansion, they have a chilling chamber Pop: Chocolate crumbs, cherry buttercream, and dark chocolate pearls topped with tightrope walker chocolate piece. All right, that sounds interesting. Um, It's not new, so that's probably been there before is what it says. So that's interesting. Over at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor, they have a monster cookie ice cream sandwich. Monster cookies filled with vanilla ice cream, and it says it's new. Basically sprinkles, cookies, Halloween sprinkles, cookies um, in the sandwich form with ice cream in the middle. I feel like you can get that pretty much anywhere. They do have a good version of our Animal Kingdom. I might steer clear of that. Over at the Main Street Bakery, they have an Oh My Gourd cupcake okay oh my gourd i think i may have to add a segment to the show called oh my gourd Um, me and my wife always do that when we were riding through living with the land and when we go by the gourds and uh, we always have to say oh my gourd look at that Um, but anyways these oh my gourd cupcakes pumpkin spice cupcake with cinnamon cream cheese icing finished with dark chocolate ears let's see the picture looks pretty great it looks like a pumpkin on top looks really great uh, looks like a good pumpkin spice cupcake. All right. That is at the Liberty Square. No. Yes, that is a Main Street Bakery. So if you want the Oh My Gourd cupcake, go there. Pecos Bill, Tall Tale Inn and Cafe. They have a sweet almond corn cake. Almond vanilla cake dipped in white, orange, and yellow chocolate topped with candy corn. And that is new. All right. kind of looks like a... Almost looks like an ear of corn. Uh, Sweet almond corn cake. So maybe it's meant to resemble an ear of corn. But I'm sure it's very sweet. That's kind of interesting. I thought looking at the picture was just an ear of corn with candy corn on top. But that'd probably be kind of gross. But um, but yeah, that looks kind of cool. I might have to try that. Also at the popcorn cart near Cinderella's Castle, they have a Mexican spiced hot cocoa. Cocoa like the movie, brownie. And spice chocolate brownie with dark chocolate ganache topped with Miguel chocolate pieces. Just looks like a your token, you know, brownie. Um, maybe with a little bit of spice in there as well. Probably skip that one. Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. This is one of our favorite places to visit. They usually have some interesting ones on Halloween. The Gravedigger Milkshake, Coconut and Matcha, Blended Soft Serve, topped with whipped cream, gravedigger shovel, and chocolate gravestone. That sounds kind of interesting with with the matcha in there. That's new as well this year. Worms and dirt funnel cake. So um, if you're ever familiar with those worms and dirt, like the crumbled cookies with the gummy worms on top, that's what this looks like. Envision a funnel cake with that on top. Funnel cake topped with chocolate ice cream, chocolate cookie crumbs, gummy worms, and Billy chocolate piece. So Billy from Hocus Pocus. That's also new this year. Chilling chamber pop. Chocolate crumbs, cherry buttercream, and dark chocolate pearls of tight tightrope walker chocolate piece. So that is not new this year, and it's also at another location as well. A snack cart, again, near Cinderella Castle. M&M's peanut butter churro. That could be good. Churro rolled in peanut butter peanut dust with peanut sauce, chocolate sauce, and M&M's peanut butter. I usually don't get churros, but um, I feel like I might do that if I get the urge and i'm around there all right one of my favorite places sunshine tree terrace they have a jack-o'-lantern float citrus swirl with fanta orange brown sugar whipped cream and graham cracker crumbs that sounds delicious let's look at that picture yeah that looks great citrus swirl with orange fanta i haven't had that combination but it sounds pretty good i think i might have to get one of those all right next they have some popcorn buckets and sippers as well and other novelty items it says Uh, you may have already seen this one which i assumed was going to be one of the bucket choices but the glow mickey mummy premium popcorn bucket uh, can be found throughout the park at the party it's basically mickey mouse with a pumpkin and it's supposed to light up as well we did see a version of this at the outlet store at the character warehouse here and they did sell it for like halfway to halloween too in disney springs i'm pretty sure this one i'm pretty excited for though the donald candy corn Sipper. materializing in early october at cosmic rays starlight cafe pecos bills and the Friar nook sleepy hollow refreshments and available during regular park hours and mickey's not so scary halloween party so the donald candy corn zipper that'll probably be one we'll have to add to the collection that sounds pretty cute um if i'm envisioning it correctly there's not a picture of it right now we also have a halloween candy glow cube glowing soon at sunshine tree terrace a zero popcorn bucket we actually have this one it says it's also materializing in october or at the party and it's basically like a dog black dog house with zero coming out with a pumpkin on its nose and it does light up the nose does not bad we we enjoy that bucket but we do have that one already And out of these items, I'm really excited for the Casey's Corner offerings, the Pain and Panic Hot Dog. That one looks really good. Looks like it has some, like, spicy Cheetos on top, too. And um, the drink offering over there as well, Winifred's Elixir of Youth, the Black Tea Slushy with Kiwi Foam. I think I'll probably hit both of those items at Casey's Corner. And over at the Cheshire Cafe, the Cold Witch's Brew Coffee. I might get the hand pie over at, let's see, yeah, over at Golden Oak Outpost, the Spellbinding Fried Pie, that buffalo chicken, mozzarella, and blue cheese pastry, that sounds good. And anything else that strikes my fancy that night, maybe that, uh, not the Oh My Gourd, I just wanted to say that one more time, but the Sweet Almond Corn Cake, I want to try that one, it does look like an ear of corn, like the Mexican style corn, with candy corns on top, I do want to try that. Um, and see what that tastes like if it tastes like corn at all Um, but those are some things I want to try and maybe they'll have some other exclusive items as well but I definitely wanted to keep you posted because I'm very excited for this party we haven't done it in a long time and we haven't taken the kids to this party before but we're very very excited to do so this year and just in a couple of weeks time so uh, I'll definitely share my experiences after that night event and all these goodies and treats that we indulge in for the evening Now, stay tuned for the e-ticket attraction of the day. Okay, folks, it's time for the e-ticket attraction of the day, which is the bracket for the best table service restaurant at Walt Disney World Resort. Okay, just like last time when we did the best rides at Walt Disney World, we're going to do the best table service restaurants. Table service restaurants are where you sit down, someone comes and serves you, um... It could also include buffets. You still get served at those as well. You have a table, a dedicated table. Someone helps you out and you get to check at the end of the meal. You leave a tip as well. Um, One of those traditional meals, that format. Like I said, some of the conditions for this, we have different regions, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot with a couple of caveats. So at Magic Kingdom, I included a contemporary restaurant, which is Steakhouse 71, there are a lot of quick-serve restaurants at Magic Kingdom, just not eight total sit-downs. So I included one that was very close. It's like almost 10 to 15 minutes of uh, walking distance away. And it's on that first floor of the Contemporary, and it's a great restaurant if you haven't tried it out, Steakhouse 71. Over at Hollywood Studios, we also included a couple of Boardwalk restaurants as well, because there's not a lot of sit-down restaurants at Hollywood Studios. So one of those being Cape May Cafe and Flying Fish. So Flying Fish is over on the boardwalk along with Trattoria Al Forno. That's also right over there by Flying Fish. Cape May Cafe is at the Beach Club Resort. So there's a few over there at Hollywood Studios. Um, and you can basically walk from Hollywood Studios to the boardwalk fairly quickly. So that's why I chose to include it there. And Epcot is loaded with sit-down restaurants. So I didn't have a problem filling that bracket. Animal Kingdom is truly Animal Kingdom and the Animal Kingdom Lodge. So uh, places like Boma and Sanaa, um, those are at the resort, but they are associated with Animal Kingdom. So that's how I filled out the bracket. And if you're not familiar with the brackets and how they work with March Madness, usually the top or strongest seed takes on the weakest seed. So, for Magic Kingdom, we have our one seed, Be Our Guest, taking on the eight seed, or the weakest seed, in my opinion, out of these eight, Tony's Town Square. We have the four seed, Steakhouse 71, taking on the five seed, Crystal Palace. The three seed, Cinderella's Royal Table, taking on the six seed, Skipper Canteen. And the two seed, Liberty Tree Tavern, taking on the seven seed, The Plaza Restaurant. All right, so the first matchup, the first seed versus the eight seed be our guest tony's town square let's give a little backstory to these two be our guest is the beauty and the beast themed restaurant in magic kingdom it's kind of off by itself over to or over by um the seven dwarfs mine train ride it's over there and i feel like a lot of people wouldn't recognize it if they hadn't been to magic kingdom before it is kind of off to itself And you kind of have to know what's over there. It doesn't really announce itself. It's kind of uh, a private walk over to the restaurant. And you probably have to ask someone if this was the right place. If you've never been to Magic Kingdom before or be our guest before even. Tony's Town Square is probably one of the first things you see when you walk into Magic Kingdom. Aside from the train station. If you go to the right, it's going to be right there to your right. It's an Italian restaurant based on Lady and the Tramp. So Tony's Town Square, right there. I know they've made a few menu changes over the years. Uh, when I ate there a few years back, before the pandemic, it's like a basic Italian restaurant. It's got your your necessities like chicken parm, um, spaghetti, and spaghetti meatballs, and things like that. But um, for my money, I'd rather spend it probably at an Olive Garden versus Tony's Town Square. I haven't tried the new menu, so I don't want to you know say that it hasn't improved a lot which it probably has, Um, but for the money that you're spending, I'd probably rather save it to go to one of these other options like Be Our Guest, maybe Liberty Tree Tavern, Cinderella's Royal Table. I'd much rather spend my money there versus Tony's Town Square. Not saying I wouldn't ever book a reservation there because you're eating right on Main Street and that's one of the only uh, restaurants that you can do that. Right there in that little circle area. You have a great view sometimes depending on where you sit. So I'm not saying I wouldn't be opposed to trying it again. But I ranked it as a lesser seed for a reason. I feel like the quality of food kind of brings it down. Um, So that's why it's an 8 seed. Be Our Guest is a 1 seed because it's theming galore. It is themed incredibly well. And Beauty and the Beast is a timeless classic. They've already remade it into a live-action film recently. And Be Our Guest is just timeless and classic. And once you step inside of that restaurant, Be Our Guest, it's like you're transported to France, basically. And you're in the Beast Castle. It it literally feels that way. It's just incredible. All the details. They have these visual walls or these digital walls that looks like it's snowing outside in the main room. They have the west wing with the rose um, underneath that glass container. It's a little bit darker in the West Wing as well. And they have another room as well, which is themed really, really well too. Um, I believe that one's the ballroom. It has like a little, almost like a music box feature in the center of um, Belle and Beast dancing. And it's kind of like a music box look that it's like rotating around in that room. And of those three rooms, I'd say that one's probably my least favorite. And I've never eaten in the West Wing, but I've eaten in the other two rooms. I think i prefer that main room when you come in the one in the middle i think that one is my favorite it's more well lit it's not quite as uh, dark or um, as quiet as the west wing also everybody's trying to get into that west wing especially if you get a table right next to the rose you're probably going to be bombarded with a lot of people coming in to take pictures so uh for my money i i really like sitting by the window where it looks like it's snowing and you have a really great view of that Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really great time. And the food is really, really good too. It's not the best on property, but I would say it's really good. And you're eating at Magic Kingdom at a sit-down restaurant. The Beast comes around every now and then to announce himself. He'll come and wave and take pictures and pose for pictures. Uh, but it's not like a traditional meet and greet where you get to go and get an autograph and hug the Beast or say hello to the Beast. He just kind of walks around. You can take a picture of him. And then he moves about his day but it's a really great experience you can just spend the whole uh, meal looking around at all the little details there and they have a pretty good beer and wine selection as well most of them are like france related so are or french inspired so is the menu they used to have a mobile ordering situation not mobile ordering but like a a quick serve so during the day, it was like a quick serve. And then at night for dinner, it was a sit-down restaurant. But now they've kind of trans- like transformed it into just sit-down restaurants. So I think we had like a 10-20 reservation in the morning for a sit-down lunch. So that's no more since the pandemic. But I kind of like that. They probably make more money too at the sit-down versus uh, quick serve as well. So that was probably a, a, a decision-making process for them as well. Now let's get to the scoring. So Be Our Guest versus Tony's Town Square. I'm going to give you my scoring rubric that I used. And for the scoring, we have five categories. So I chose an odd number so that there would definitely be a winner. One of these is going to receive a point for the theming, quality of food, service, uniqueness, and personal favorite. The personal favorite, which one would I choose out of these two today? And that could change over time, like many of these opinions and you know whatever mood i'm in but today this is my personal favorite and they're going to score a point for that so to get to the scoring here and this is a one seed versus an eight seed so it's pretty clear cut here be our guest is going to be our winner but i want to break down the scoring the theming goes to be our guest all day it doesn't get much better theming wise at walt disney world quality of food i'm going to give the edge to be our guest it is a little bit more upscale Probably a little bit more pricey, but not by that much. Um, Tony's Town Square, like I said, I think I prefer Olive Garden's food. Their Italian food, you can find that anywhere. I think we prefer that over Tony's Town Square's food. But um, but yeah, quality food goes to be our guest as well. The service also goes to be our guest. And um, for the service category, this could be, you know. When they get in character like we'll see later with 50s prime time or like the whispering canyon where they give you a hard time during the meal to make your experience memorable i ca- i kind of uh qualify that as service as well because these people are going above and beyond and they're probably going beyond their comfort zone too to make you have a good time and have a memorable and lasting impression of the restaurant and the service so that's kind of going into that as well uniqueness I'm going to give the uniqueness to Be Our Guest as well. You can't find that theme anywhere else in the parks. And my personal favorite, Be Our Guest as well. I'd rather eat there than Tony's Town Square, basically. So it's a clean suite. Be Our Guest moves on to the second round. And our next matchup is Steakhouse71, the four seed, taking on the five seed Crystal Palace. Like I said, Crystal Palace is Winnie the Pooh themed. Um, they have those characters. You see a lot of decorations towards Winnie the Pooh. They have like four characters that come around normally. That is returning, I think, after our trip in August. So kind of bummed that we're going to miss that, but very good to see another character meal, uh, returning to the parks. And it is, it was kind of like family style. And then it, you got to order your entree. It was kind of like a hybrid situation where you ordered an entree, you share the desserts and the salad. Uh, But you got to pick your entree during the pandemic and kind of going away from it. I think it's returning to a buffet now, which I think I prefer the buffet. You get to pick and choose what you want to eat and try new things. That's a good thing about buffets. You get to try new items you wouldn't necessarily order. All right, Steakhouse 71. That is at the Contemporary on the first floor. And I say that with a good, um, good reason because... Recently, we tried to go to Chef Mickey's and the elevators. We have to take an elevator because we have a stroller. uh, But I guess I could fold it up if it's just a big trouble. But anyways, we had to take the elevator. There was a long line forming. There's only like two elevators, maybe three. For this whole... It seemed like this whole place. And anyway, a, a line formed on the right side, basically. There was probably like 10 or 15 people deep. And then all of a sudden like five or six people started to form on the other side. And I was like, oh, here we go. These people are going to cut off and act like there's not a line forming when clearly there's a lot of people waiting for some reason. And sure enough, the next elevator that came, like four people tried to cram on that. And I just, I don't have the time or day for those kind of people that just are so, um, you know, ignorant or just blatantly ignoring, um, you know, the lines and the customs that you know, we have here at Walt Disney World. So yeah, there's a special place for those people that will cut off 20 people just to get on an elevator. So that kind of rubbed me the wrong way about contemporary. You think they'd have a better system in place for such a nice upscale property is my my point I'm trying to make. But anyways, you don't have to do that with Steakhouse 71. It's on the first floor. You can just walk right onto it. So that's a benefit as well. And... Like I said, it's maybe like a 10 or 15 minute walk. They have their own walkway from Contemporary to Magic Kingdom. And it's kind of one of those hacks that me and my wife and family like to do. We like to park there for breakfast in the morning. That way we can have a nice meal. Use the walkway. They have their own security guards, which is rarely busy at all. Maybe like 5 to 10 people at. And you continue on that walkway. It's like right under the monorail going in and you get right into the park to check in. It's really a nice process and it's very easy going and not very stressful whatsoever. So we like to do that with our early breakfast to skip like the whole TTC process. That can be overwhelming and it's a lot, but if you want, you can just pull up to the Contemporary. So you get a breakfast reservation at Steakhouse. They'll let you park there and you can use that parking lot until you're ready to go for the day, basically. Um, as long as you have a reservation so we'd like to do that so anyways back to the bracket Steakhouse 71 versus crystal palace for theming i think theming wise i'm going to go with crystal palace it's beautiful in there um they call it the crystal palace for a reason it looks very palatial and it's very light and airy a lot of open air and a lot of windows as well and a lot of skylights too so I really like the theming at Crystal Palace. It's a beautiful building right there, um, very close to Casey's Corner. And you also get characters as well, or they're at least returning very soon. So for the theming, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace. Steakhouse 71 used to be The Wave, which was a really good restaurant too. But the theming is basically just a Steakhouse vibe. And I feel like you can get that theming just about anywhere. Um, it's a nice clean restaurant. Don't get me wrong, but there's not like Disney theming or anything like that. They have photographs on the walls, but not a heavily themed restaurant. So Crystal Palace takes theming, quality of food. It's hard to beat the quality of food at Steakhouse 71. So they get the point there. Um, service, Steakhouse 71 is going to get the service just barely. Service is kind of a hard category to go off of. Um, I'm kind of basing it off of reviews that I see online and my personal experiences as well. Which is what service is kind of, um, it's kind of like customer service, basically, right? If you ever have a negative experience, it's going to negatively impact your view or your opinion on that place. But Steakhouse takes that one. Uniqueness, I'm going to go with Crystal Palace because of the theming. And it does have characters returning soon. So that does make it unique. Steakhouse, you can find those almost anywhere in the country. Maybe not as good, but you can find them. Now, we're neck and neck two versus two. It's all going to come down to my personal favorite. So sometimes it might just come down to my personal opinion. And for my money, I would rather eat at Steakhouse 71. The breakfast is incredible. The lunch is incredible that I've heard. I haven't done that yet. And I'm sure the dinner is incredible as well. I've always had good service there. Um, Pretty efficient, pretty quick. And the meal itself... When you're talking about these sit-down restaurants, it usually comes down to the food and the food quality. So my personal favorite is Steakhouse 71 out of these two, though I do love Crystal Palace. So therefore, Steakhouse moves on to the next round with a score of 3-2. to two. Next, we're going on to Cinderella's Royal Table versus Skipper Canteen. The three seed versus the six seed. Okay, theming this one's a tough one. Cinderella's Royal Table is inside of Cinderella's Castle. It's the only experience like that at the parks. It's very limited experience. It's hard to get into. You pay up front. So it's kind of like a personal dining plan when you're eating there. You pay up front once you reserve it. And um, yeah, you don't have to worry about paying or doing anything like that um you've already done it tips included so i like that option i wish disney would do that more often honestly so you don't have to worry about settling a check or anything like that but i like the way they do that there it's kind of like the dining plan and i wish that would kind of be brought back in the fold here pretty soon but anyways theming skipper canteen is the jungle cruise themed restaurant these two are basically theming galore you get to meet cinderella when you walk in to Cinderella's Royal Table, and to her castle. You get a photo with her, get an autograph as well. You walk up the stairs and you're right there at the mid-level of the castle, looking out the back of the castle. A really great view, really great experience. Kind of depends on where you're sitting. We sat in the middle last time. couldn't really see out the windows, so that's kind of a bummer. But if you do get that window seat, it's probably a really great view and kind of enhances that experience as well. Skipper Canteen. There's nothing but theming in that place. You could probably spend hours just looking at all the rooms and all the different details that are in that place. And so for my money, I think the theming has to go to Skipper Canteen. This was a story that was created by Disney, and it's continued on, and it even got a restaurant based off of this theme um, theme park attraction. Right, the Jungle Cruise. So uh, based on the theming, I'm going with Skipper Canteen there. Very close matchup, though. Quality of food. I've heard some kind of, you know, different opinions on Cinderella's Royal Table and the quality of the food. The experience I had with it at breakfast was really great. I loved everything we had. I wish it was a little bit, like you got a little bit more food with it. You got a little more bang for your buck. But that's my only knock on it. The food was really great. Skipper Canteen, it has some more unique dishes, like some of these other places we'll see later. And... The quality is really good there too. So if I had to pick one or the other, I'd say quality of food goes to Skipper Canteen over Royal Table. Now we're gonna to go to Service. Service, I think, this one's a tough one to pick, but I'm gonna go with Royal Table here. I think they slightly get the edge over Skipper Canteen for me. Uniqueness, they're both extremely unique. Um, one of them is heavily themed, which is Skipper Canteen, and one's unique doesn't get much more unique than eating in Cinderella's Castle. So Cinderella's Castle or Cinderella's Royal Table is getting the uniqueness score here. And again, we're tied up. It's going to come down to my personal favorite. So for me, this is at Disney World, right? Both of these are unique in their own right. They're both heavily themed. The food is almost neck and neck. The service is very close. So it all comes down to my personal favorite. Which one would I rather eat at? Which one would I rather spend more time at? And for me, this is extremely close. But if I had to pick one, and this is a tough decision, but I'm going to pick Cinderella's Royal Table. Because you're at Walt Disney World. You're inside of the castle. That's a unique experience that you can only experience there. You can find other restaurants that are heavily themed, like Skipper Canteen. Maybe not in that kind of detail, but, um, but yeah, for my money, I want to spend it inside of the castle eating a meal and it's not overly crowded either. So, um, so Cinderella's Royal table just barely edges out Skipper Canteen to move on to the second round by a score of three to two. All of these are very, very close except for Be Our Guest, but Next up, our two-seed, taking on our seven-seed. Our two-seed is Liberty Tree Tavern, and our seven-seed is the Plaza Restaurant. The theming, we're going to go with the theming here, and the theming is going to go to Liberty Tree Tavern. It's kind of like an American Revolution-style home, if you will, and you're kind of dining in this tavern during those times, um, when a lot of changes were going on in our country. So that kind of draws to me a little bit more than the Plaza's theming. Quality of food, never really had a bad meal at Liberty Tree Tavern. So I'm going to go with the quality of food there. It's served family style right now. They bring anything you want. They bring you extras. The pot roast is phenomenal there. The mac and cheese is great. And when you mix them together, it's dynamite. It's great. So try that out. Um, Try to mix in a little pot roast with your mac and cheese when they bring it out. It is delicious. And it's game changing. Dessert there is awesome as well. Um, it's like a toffee bread pudding type of situation with ice cream, really good. Uh I could have eaten a, a couple of plates of that by myself. Service. I'm going to go with the plaza here for service just because um Liberty Tree it is all you care to enjoy. They come out, they take your drink order, and then a different person will bring out your food. They are on it with that service there. They bring it out very quickly. But um it's kind of hard to interact with them when you're just, you know, bringing out that food like that. So almost buffet style. So for that, I'm going to give the edge to Plaza. Uniqueness, they're both very unique in their own right. But I'm going to give that to the Plaza. It has that history and their menu is a little bit more unique, I would say. Just because you can find this Liberty Tree meal at different places or something very similar to it. I think this one is far superior than all of those. But I'm going to give the uniqueness to the Plaza. You can get this type of menu at like Garden Grill. Diamond Horseshoe even offers and shares the same kitchen as Liberty Tree Tavern. But for some reason, Liberty Tree Tavern is just far superior in my opinion. All right, it's neck and neck again. And again, it's going to come down to my personal favorite. Which one would I rather eat eat at at these two? And for me, it's going to be Liberty Tree Tavern. I love going here, especially like right when it opens at like 11 a.m. The food's fresh. Uh, It's not overly crowded. Service is quick as well. So for my money, I'm going to eat at Liberty Tree Tavern over the plaza, moving on to the second round. All right. And I think what we're going to do here is just kind of go through each region. So I'm going to finish Magic Kingdom and have a winner for Magic Kingdom and then kind of get down to the final four situation before moving on to another one. All right. Next, we have Be Our Guest, a one seed taking on the four seed Steakhouse 71. They both advance to the next round and the other one is cinderella's royal table versus liberty tree tavern as well so there we go for magic kingdom all right be our guest the one seed we're going to go down to theming and like i said theming it's going to go to be our guest all day that's what you're paying for when you go there you're paying for that theming and you could just stare at the walls for hours honestly in there and find new details so theming goes to be Our guest over Steakhouse 71. It's not heavily themed. It just feels like a clean steakhouse, which is good in its own right. But it's not Disney themed. Quality of food, I'm going to give that to Steakhouse 71. It's hard to find a bad meal at Steakhouse 71. Their steaks are incredible. The sauces, their like butter sauces that come with the steaks are phenomenal as well. And for my money, it usually comes down to food. And the quality of food here is really great. I heard one of the best burgers on property um, can be found here at lunch. So I definitely want to try that very soon. Service, I'm going to give the edge to Steakhouse 71. I feel like uh, it's not quite as crowded as Be Our Guest, and that does affect service. I know sometimes the servers can't help that, but um, they're kind of being pulled different directions at Be Our Guest. But I feel like Steakhouse 71, we had a really good experience last time can't remember his name, honestly, and I feel bad, but I did do a cast compliment when it happened then, but he was a really great server, very quick, and I appreciate him being very speedy with everything, especially with young kids, and we were trying to get over to Magic Kingdom that day, too, so I appreciated everything he did for us. He was really great and took care of us that day, so I'm going to give the service edge to Steakhouse71. Uniqueness, I'm giving it to Be Our Guest. You can find a steakhouse anywhere in the country, Flemings or something like that, right? Um, you know, Roost Chris, but, um, you can't find many BR guest restaurants and their French cuisine that they offer there as well. So I'm going to give the uniqueness to be our guest. Now we're neck and neck, two to two, it comes out of my personal favorite again. You know, sometimes it just comes down to that. That is one fifth the scoring. And if I had to pick one place to eat at, I'm going to go and it's going to boil down to food here. And I'm going to pick Steakhouse 71. Their food is incredible. I can't say enough good things about it. It reminds me a lot of um, Steakhouse 55 that used to be at the Disneyland Hotel over in Anaheim. And then they recently opened the Steakhouse 71. And I think that one since is closed over in Anaheim. But we get to enjoy Steakhouse 71. And it is a really great steakhouse. And for my money, it's going to come down to food. I think the food is better at Steakhouse 71. Uh, yes, Be Our Guest is heavily themed, it's a great experience, but for me, I'm, I'm going to go down to, to the food, and Steakhouse 71 is going to win in advance. Very close though, 3-2. to two. Okay, next, Cinderella's Royal Table takes on the two-seed Liberty Tree Tavern. Good matchup here, both in the Magic Kingdom. Um, one's more of a colonial-themed, one is more, um, you know, themed towards the castle, and... Treating you like lords and ladies of the castle. So, the theming here, I think the theming has to go to uh, Cinderella's royal table here. You're eating in the castle. The castle is heavily themed. I love the stained glass features and the designs on the stained glass as you're going up and looking out the windows. It's just incredible. And even looking up at the top of the roof and the ceiling, they have some incredible details there as well. Um, they also give your kids like a sword and a, a wand as you're leaving too, which I feel like is a nice touch. But uh, yeah, Cinderella's Royal Table takes the theming there. Quality of food, very close, but I'm going to give it to Liberty Tree Tavern. I've never had a bad meal there. I've heard some varying opinions on Royals Ta- or Royal Table. You are spending a, quite a bit more money, I feel like, on Royal Table, especially for dinner and the quality of food i'm gonna give it to liberty tree it's more my style of food i feel more comfortable there and um and yeah the the food is always great there so i'm gonna give it to liberty tree service this one's close i'm gonna give it to liberty tree here always had some really great experiences not saying i had any bad ones at cinderella's royal table or anything but i feel like they're very quick and i could see at cinderella's royal table how that might slow down a little bit especially with younger kids we need um to kind of expedite things sometimes right sometimes that timer just goes off when you got to go and your kids are just beyond that point so i do appreciate that about liberty tree tavern and they do have a um, better menu more tailored for younger kids too with the mac and cheese and things like that and the ice cream my kids love the ice cream all right now uniqueness it doesn't get much more unique than eating inside of cinderella's castle that's why they're going to get the point here and again it's going to come down to my personal favorite which one would i rather eat at i love both of these places i could eat at them all day but if i had to pick one and that's what it comes down to here i'm going to pick liberty tree tavern just barely edging out cinderella's royal table to move on for magic Kingdom. Okay, now we have the matchup of a four-seed Steakhouse 71 taking on a two-seed Liberty Tree Tavern. And again, I can tell you here, it's going to be a close matchup to get to the winner of Magic Kingdom. Let's get to the theming. Steakhouse 71 versus Liberty Tree Tavern. Like I said, the Steakhouse isn't very themed. So that's going to give the edge to Liberty Tree Tavern here. It's like a colonial-style home or tavern that you're eating in. Uh, And there's little details found throughout all of the house there's like fireplaces and things like that too that are really really cool there's an upstairs too quality of food i'm going to give the edge to steakhouse 71 here like i said the food is really incredible I'm not saying liberty trees isn't but i feel like the quality of the food um and you can order unique entrees as well um i think the edge definitely goes to steakhouse 71 here for the service i'm going to give it to steakhouse 71 they are able to get to know you. You have your dedicated server for you. They get to know you. They take care of you. Liberty tree kind of left me a little something to be desired with the service there. But again, it's, it could just be the style of the restaurant where it's um, family style and they just bring out different items for you. Um, but yeah, for me, steakhouse 71 takes it. Uniqueness. Like I said, you can find steakhouses anywhere in the country. You can find Flemings, Ruth's Chris, other places like that. You can't really find a Liberty Tree Tavern anywhere except Magic Kingdom. So I'm going to give the edge to Liberty Tree Tavern here. And again, I didn't design it this way, but it's going to come down to my personal favorite, which is one-fifth the scoring. If I had to pick one of the two, and this kind of comes down to convenience factor when I'm at Magic Kingdom, I'll give it that, and a little bit more of the theming and Maybe our style of um, food that we like to enjoy as well. And a little bit more with the pricing. Steakhouses tend to be a little bit pricier than other things. For a good reason. Because of the quality ingredients. But here I'd rather eat at Liberty Tree. It's right in the middle of Magic Kingdom. Fairly close to like the Haunted Mansion in that area. Um, you do have to leave to go to Steakhouse 71. Or come from the Contemporary and go to Magic Kingdom. But when you're at liberty tree it's smack dab in the middle of uh, magic kingdom so it doesn't get much more convenient than that so it's a perfect break to your midday lunch uh your routine you had a great morning riding rides and then you need a break in some air conditioning when it gets hot it gets a little bit busier perfect break at liberty tree tavern so my winner of the magic kingdom region is liberty tree tavern they're going to be representing magic kingdom slash contemporary and they'll be facing the winner of animal kingdom which we'll be covering here shortly so liberty tree tavern the two seed moves on from magic king now we're going to move on to the next region which is animal kingdom and a little bit of a disclaimer here i haven't gotten to enjoy a lot of these animal kingdom restaurants i feel like i've eaten at every magic kingdom restaurant we just discussed Um, So I really relied and did my research here. I looked at menus. I looked at reviews. I looked at blogs. I looked at videos on YouTube of these restaurants to really get the best, um, you know, gauge on this place and really to give it justice and do it justice. Um, So we have our eight seeds here. And like I said, I haven't eaten at a lot of these places. I've eaten at a Rainforest Cafe, Tusker House, um, but that's that's really about it, right? I've had some food in the style of Yak and Yeti. I know the Nomad Lounge is part of Tiffin's, but it does have a little bit uh, more small plate offerings and more drink-based. So full disclosure, I haven't eaten at a lot of these places, but I do intend to very soon. And I think this bracket does a good job of like narrowing down what restaurant I want to hit next. So some of these do take place at or are found at um, Animal Kingdom Lodge, So um, not just Animal Kingdom, but also at the Lodge, which is the resort there. So let's just get to it. Let's get to it. I did a lot of research. I looked at menus, looked at a lot of photos, looked at a lot of videos, and a lot of reviews as well. So I got some expert opinions, and this is going to help me determine the best overall restaurant for Animal Kingdom to represent Animal Kingdom. We have our one seed Tiffin's taking on the Rainforest Cafe. And to save time, if it is a close one, I'm going to break down the scoring even more. But if it's going to be a blowout like this first one here, or like a clean sweep, I'm just going to say the winner and maybe like the score. So here, Tiffin's, the one seed, the eight seed Rainforest Cafe. And all I need to say is that you can find Rainforest Cafes across the country. It is a Landry's chain. And the only point that I gave to Rainforest Cafe is for theming here because it is pretty incredible every room is themed uniquely and it is fun it's a great time for the kids and uh other than that though tiffins is going to take the cake here tiffins wins four to one the only edge going to theming at rainforest cafe i do enjoy the theming there and that's why a lot of people go there but tiffins will move on to the second round tiffins is an upscale restaurant um It also is found at the same location as nomad lounge which is our three seat on this bracket as well but tiffin's is an upscale restaurant found inside of animal kingdom it does offer some unique um looking at the menu offers unique tastings and opportunities to try new foods as well which are at upscale Um, and upscale meaning it is heavily or higher priced than other places so If budget is a big thing, that might drop it down for you. Like myself, I I do try to eat on the um, lower price side if I can't help it. But sometimes you got to splurge, right? So Tiffins moves on and the four seed Yak and Yeti takes on Tusker House in the first round. I have been to Tusker House a few times, breakfast and lunch or breakfast and dinner. Let's see. Let's go to the scoring here. It is a close one theming goes to Tusker house. I enjoy, um, going in there, looking at, around at everything. And it basically feels like you're transported to a different place. I feel like animal kingdom itself makes you feel like you're transported somewhere else because the theme is just incredible there at that park. But I'm going to give the edge slightly to Tusker house. I know both of them are heavily themed, but I'm going to go to Tusker house here. Quality of food. I'm going to give to Gak and Yeti. Um, Just based on Tusker House being more of a buffet style or family style environment, it is a character meal. That does give it a little bit of an edge, too, to the uniqueness. Um, But overall quality of food, I'm going to give that to Yak and Yeti here. The menu is better. That style of food is great. And the presentation of the meal looks great, too. Service, I'm going to give to Yak and Yeti as well. Again, being a sit-down restaurant, And not more buffet style or family style. I'm going to give the edge to Yak and Yeti there. Get your personal server. They help you out. They take care of you really well. Uniqueness, like I said, is going to Tusker House. Because it's the only place you can have a character meal at Animal Kingdom. It doesn't get much more unique than that. So now it comes down to personal favorite. Looking at menus, where I would rather eat personally. um, And I'm going to go with Yak and Yeti here. So, kind of a surprise. I thought I was going to go with Tusker House, but looking at the menu, looking at the type of food and the quality of food, and looking at reviews as well, I'm going to go with Yak and Yeti here. Um, so, Yak and Yeti barely edges out Tusker House 3-2. to two. Okay, next, we have a 3-seed Nomad Lounge taking on a 6-seed Boma, and Nomad Lounge, you can, once you get to Animal Kingdom, you can go online to join the walk-up list. So that is one feature there. It'll tell you it's usually like 30 minutes out or 45 minutes or so. You can enjoy the park and then they'll call you back via the, the wait list on your phone. All right. Theming. Theming goes to Boma. Uh, Looking at the reviews, like I said, I haven't been to this place. My wife has been there. She really enjoyed it. Her take on it was that you get some unique experiences. You try new foods and being buffet style you're going to try more foods that you wouldn't normally be comfortable trying. And that's a good thing about buffets or family style food really exposes you to new foods and you can kind of pick out new favorites as well. And you have more courage to try things without dedicating, you know, 30 bucks to one dish. So for theming though, Boma looking at those pictures, it looks phenomenal in there. I really want to visit soon. And yeah, for my money, theming goes to Boma. Nomad lounge has a really great view though. It's kind of on the water, especially if you're outside there. Um, you get a really good view of some of those, uh, flotillas that go by with like Donald Duck and the music, and you can have some drinks right there. But with that said, that's really it. The theming is that it's a lounge outside. I'm going to give that edge to Boma here. Quality food. I'm also going to give to Boma as well. I feel like the quality of food and the uniqueness of the food is going to have the edge here at Boma because, um, Like I said, you're going to try new things that you haven't had before. Some unique flavors that are um, uh, kind of aimed at the quality of the food, right? They're trying to mimic the quality of the African food and the culture. And I appreciate that. And I do want to try a lot of these items just looking at the menu. So I'm going to give a slight edge to Boma here. I thought I would go with Nomad Lounge and their small plates, but I'm going to go with Boma. Service, I'm going with Nomad Lounge here. Uh, I'm not going to speak to that too much, but I do want to give that to Nomad Lounge. Uniqueness, like I said, that's going to go to Boma as well, which puts it over the edge. Um, edging out Nomad Lounge, 3-2. to two. Because my personal favorite, I would say Nomad Lounge. I like the chill vibe and nature. And I like that it is right there at Animal Kingdom. And I don't have to go to Animal Kingdom Lodge to enjoy it. But Boma is going to advance, 3-2. to Okay, the two seed... Sana taking on the seven c Jico, and for theming Sana, it doesn't get much better than Sana. Looking at those photographs, I was really amazed. We have a lot of hidden Mickey's everywhere too, but it really feels like like you're there, right? It makes you feel like a particular place, um, like you're at a particular place, and the theming is incredible. There's theming everywhere, basically, and you're also within viewing distance at some tables of animals. So that's pretty unique and it's pretty awesome theming wise that you're looking at the savannah while you're eating your meal. So theming goes there to Sanaa. Quality of food I'm going to give to Jiko. I was really torn between these two, but looking at the menus and the photographs, I think I'm going to give quality of food just a slight edge to Jico. Service as well goes to Jico, but then everything else is going to go to Sana. So uniqueness, you're on the savannah looking at animals, and personal favorite, I made a note of this bread service and animals. This bread service looks incredible. You get like 10 different um, dips to put this awesome non bread in, and it just looks incredible. I really wanna try that, and I think I learned a lot from my research here that I really need to go check out Sanaa as soon as possible because it looks incredible. So like I said, Sanaa is going to take out Gico, moving on to the next round. We have the one seed, Tiffin's taking on Yak and Yeti in the next round. And I'm going to go with Tiffin's here. Tiffin's overall is going to move on. I was kind of questioning the high price point um, and the environment. Would I take my kids to Tiffin's? Probably not. Would I take my kids to Yak and Yeti? Absolutely So that made it a lot closer here. I know quality of food probably is going to go to Tiffin's here. Service as well. Um, And I just chose Tiffin's overall. I think it's probably a better dining experience. And we're looking at table or sit down table service meals. So for that, I gave a slight edge to Tiffin's here. Though I feel like it's hard to beat Yak and Yeti. Uh, But anyways, Tiffin's moves on. And now we have a really good matchup at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Boma takes on Sanaa. And again, my my notes say this clearly. Bread service, bread service, bread service. That's what they're really known for at Sanaa. And the animals as well. The experience that you get while you're there. So if you're staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge, you have a lot of good choices here. And I'd probably try Sanaa all day. I'd probably try Boma for breakfast too. Um, that sounds like a great experience. But Boma, um, the one... Uh, key thing that they get here a one point that they score here they do lose four to one but the uniqueness uh, and uniqueness in their menu because you really branch out and try other things on their buffet and for that I gave them a point but Sanaa almost a clean sweep wins four to one mainly due to their bread service they have a lot of good dips as well I want to see, I was looking at a really great photograph here of the bread service. I'm sure a lot of you have had it before and you can speak volumes to it, but the theming looks incredible. The menu looks great. Their drinks look awesome too. And they have some special drinks that are unique just to, um, to that place. But once I look at this bread service, there's actually nine different dips that you can try out. And I like trying out new things. So... Um, let's see, I don't know, oh yeah, they do list them here, so they have garlic pickle, spicy jalapeno lime pickle, roasted red pepper hummus, tamarind chutney, uh, cucumber rita, I think, coriander chutney, mango chutney, tomato date jam, red chili sambal, and uh, the non bread looks incredible as well, so, so yeah, they're going to move on for me. All right, Sana moving on. We have Sana taking on Tiffins. And I'm just going to get right down to it. Like I said, full disclosure. I haven't eaten at either one of these restaurants. I think Tiffins really the price point holds me back a little bit. And I've heard it's a really quiet restaurant. Not intended for children either. I know the menu isn't suited for them and the environment's not really suited for them. So that'd kind of be like a date night restaurant that I'd like to try with my wife someday but the price point holds me back a little bit Sana'a, the experience the bread service just looks incredible and the theming looks great too you do have to travel a little bit that's kind of one knock you have to either be staying at the animal kingdom lodge or drive over to the animal kingdom lodge to go visit and eat there it's the only knock on it that bread service the animals the savannah i'm going to pick Sanaa. they're going to represent animal kingdom I feel like that best represents Animal Kingdom. Even though it's not at the park, it's a very short drive over to Sanaa. So currently we have Liberty Tree Tavern representing Magic Kingdom. And we have Sanaa representing Animal Kingdom. I like those choices. I like the way this is shaking out. And this is the fun thing about brackets for me. All right, keeping up with that pace and that speed, we're going to move on to Hollywood Studios. Like I said, we do have a few from the Boardwalk area and the Beach Club. Um, represented here from the Beach Club, we have Cape May Cafe taking on the Hollywood Brown Derby. Okay, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. It's a clean sweep for me. Hollywood Brown Derby. I know Cape May is bringing back some character experiences and character meals, but they kind of like rubbed me the wrong way with the way they brought back Cape May. I know it's a buffet, the pandemic and all, but then they kinda like took it as a point to upcharge for those crab legs that used to be included in the the buffet. And I don't really like that. It does you kind of quickly have a lot of add on items going to Cape May. And it wasn't really cheap to begin with. I mean it's one of a cheap one of the cheaper meals on Disney property, but um, by the time you add on, they have an option for like a lobster tail, an option for crab legs as well, which used to be included in the buffet, all you could eat. But now, it's not included. You have to pay extra for it, and it really adds on to the price. And I just don't like that nickel and dime feeling. I do appreciate that they offer, like if you're not into crab legs, that you're not paying for them, right? By being, by being on the menu and on the buffet. But I just, I want one price if I'm going to buffet, and I don't want to have to upgrade. I just feel like that's kind of, you know, penny-pinching, if you will. Uh, so it kind of rubs me the wrong way. The Cape May Cafe used to be one of our favorite buffets and meals to go to, but they made some changes recently to the menu and the experience, and it's just not the same, which is sad. We used to really enjoy that place, but like I said, Hollywood Brown Derby is a clean sweep here. Theming, quality of food, service, uniqueness, and personal favorite, um, clean sweep, five zero Cape May Cafe doesn't really have a really cool theme. It's just kind of like a beach theme. Uh, It's a little bit outdated, too, honestly. But Hollywood Brown Derby, moving on. They're really um, well-known for their Cobb salad. So I know a lot of people go there specifically for that. They have a grapefruit cake as well for dessert. which is really good. And they have a really great cocktail menu and uh, drink menu as well. So um, hard to beat that one. Next, we have Hollywood and Vine versus Mama Melrose's. Hollywood and Vine is right there. You take a left... um, going into the park and it's actually over there by 50s primetime but mama melrose's is back there in like muppet land and it's more of like an italian themed restaurant it is muppet themed too as well so i like that about it so i'm gonna give the theming a slight edge to mama melrose's for that hollywood and vines like a 50s diner or 60s diner or whatever and uh, the theming's okay it just kind of feels like you're at a a diner which you can find almost anywhere but they do have characters and that's really why you go to hollywood and vine is for those character meals and i'm gonna give the quality of food to hollywood and vine here they really have up their menu it has really changed over the years and it's really good they used to have a buffet for breakfast and that was one of the better like buffet meals that i've had on property so i'll give the quality of food to them service i'm gonna give to mama melrose's Uniqueness, I'm giving to Hollywood and Vine simply because of that character, Meal. I think it's the only one on property um, on Hollywood Studios. Personal favorite, I've got better memories of Hollywood and Vine, so I'm going to go with that one, moving on, beating Mama Melrose's. Our next matchup, we have the Flying Fish versus Sci-Fi Dine-In. And Flying Fish is the three seed, Sci-Fi Dine-In is the six. Okay. This one's very close. It all comes down to food quality for me. And that's going to go to Flying Fish, doing my research on them. And it does have some high quality seafood items as well. Sci-Fi dine-in, you're going there for the experience and the ambiance and the show and the spectacle, right? Which does help to make those memories. You get to sit in your own car, which is a great experience for the kids. And you get to watch a big screen, like a drive-in movie theater. Uh, watching those sci-fi movies and cartoons but other than that the food leaves something to be desired i really love the appetizers at sci-fi i love the milkshakes but other than that i've had a negative experience with the burgers before it's really hard to see too and It's really dark and i could tell the burger wasn't cooked very good at all i think I ordered it like medium well but it was like yeah it was pushing medium if it if that so um you know it's not too hard to cook a burger and i feel like for that reason alone i'm gonna go with flying fish here i'm gonna give them the edge it scores really high and the food is really great so i'm gonna give the edge to flying fish here okay moving on 50s primetime cafe the two seed taking on tratoria al forno on the boardwalk and i'm gonna get to it this is a four to one score 50s primetime cafe is gonna beat tratoria al forno not saying tratoria it's a bad restaurant at all it's really good they do offer some mobile ordering options as well if you're staying on the boardwalk area it's a short walk for you um, i highly recommend that but 50s primetime cafe kind of encapsulates disney for me and brings back that nostalgia and customer service that you're looking for at disney some of my best interactions are from this restaurant Uh, You get a lot of laughs, you get a lot of great interactions with the cast members and the servers there. They treat you like family, they give you a hard time, they give you the rules, no elbows on the table, no walkie-talkies or cell phones, and to say please and thank you. And I appreciate that, it's kind of a, it goes back to, you know, a fun time period where manners were prioritized. And they give you a hard time, they treat you like family, but they do it in fun. And they do it to make memorable and lasting memories, which is what Disney is all about. So for that, I'm going to give the edge to 50's Primetime Cafe. I did give quality of food a point at Trittoria. I'm Not saying 50's food is bad by any means. I really love it. But I'm going to give that one point to Trattoria. Everything else goes to 50's Primetime. Now the one seed taking on the four seed Hollywood and Vine. We have a Hollywood matchup here. Hollywood Brown Derby, Hollywood and Vine. I'm going to get to get down to it. Other than uniqueness and having a character experience for Hollywood and Vine, I'm going to give the edge to Hollywood Brown Derby. Reservations are almost always available, even like walk-ups, which is amazing to me. And just the quality and experience there. When it comes to quality of food, I'm going to pick brown derby all day over hollywood and vine i think it's just a better overall experience unless you have kids who are really into characters and that is one of your big things that you have to do that then i'll give the edge to hollywood and vine but strictly based on food quality and the taste of the food and the menu i'm gonna give it to brown derby moving on here all right now flying fish takes on 50s primetime cafe this is a good matchup One knock is that Flying Fish is not at Hollywood Studios. That's a big one, right? You may have to walk 15 minutes to get there on the boardwalk. 50s Primetime Cafe, smack dab in the middle of Hollywood Studios. It has the theming. It's like you're in mom's house, right? You have the lounge at the front, which if you're not aware, you can just go up to the lounge, order some drinks or maybe a little snack there as well. And you can go there without having a reservation. So that's a good option too. Uh, From Dad's Liquor Cabinet, if you will. That's what they call the drink menu there. And it's just a really great experience. They treat you like family in a hard and fun way. But um, some of the most memorable experiences, like I just said, come from 50s prime time. They really went out of their way to make us feel special. When we mentioned it was our um, fifth year wedding anniversary. So Aunt Whitney there, server. I actually saw her last time too really went out of her way to make us have an incredible and memorable experience for our anniversary. And, um, that's why you go to Disney world. You go there for those memories and those experiences and the food is pretty good. I know some people knock it and, uh, but that food is really good. If you're down to that home style cooking, um, down with that, then you're going to love the food there. It's not bad. It's pretty good. And it's one of the cheaper meals on property too. Like, um, You get the sampling of mom's favorites, which is like meatloaf, pot roast, fried chicken, mashed potatoes. You get a whole plate full of food for like $27 or $28. So well worth the money spent there. The milkshakes are great. The desserts are great. The drink menu is great. And I'm going to go with 50s primetime over flying fish. Because this is a Disney table service bracket. Mostly. So that's why I'm going with them. All right, that leaves us with Hollywood Brown Derby and 50s Primetime Cafe. This one kind of comes down to, well, if we go through the scoring, the only advantage for Hollywood Brown Derby for me is the quality of food. It is more of an upscale restaurant. And the theming uniqueness is going to go to 50s Primetime Cafe. I think the service, I think you have to speak about service here. This is what makes this restaurant great. The service that they go out of their comfort zone to like kind of yell at you and you know have a fun time and um you know make you feel like you're at home and with family and uh really just you know make you laugh basically is what they're trying to do make you laugh make you have fun and that goes to service that is that describes service and that describes walt disney world so They get service, they get uniqueness, theming, and my personal favorite, I would rather go to 50s Primetime over Hollywood Brown Derby, especially with kids. It's kind of fun there, and it's more laid-back atmosphere than Hollywood Brown Derby, for sure. So, uh, 50s Primetime's moving on, and they're going to represent Hollywood Studios. I'll argue all day that you can't find a better meal at at Hollywood Studios than 50s Primetime Cafe. It's kind of a sleeper. It's a great pick. And you can't go wrong with either one of those restaurants, but I'm gonna pick 50s prime time to best represent the Walt Disney restaurant here. Moving on to Epcot, which could be arguably be the best sit-down place, uh, sit-down theme park in all of the parks. You have La in the one seed taking on garden grill to eight seed. I love both these places. La Celie is a Canadian steakhouse and themed as such. Garden Grill is basically at the living with the land ride, and it rotates around very slowly, and it is a character meal. So the only point that Garden Grill gets here is a uniqueness factor. It spins around. Not many other restaurants do that. It's a character meal. You get to see living with the land, like the house. You get to see different scenes as you're spinning around, and it's great. But I'm going to give the edge to La Cellier. You can't beat the quality of food, the theming of the Canadian restaurant. Um, the service is great, and it's my personal favorite, honestly. So, La is going to be moving on, and for my money, one of the best meals on property is that filet with mushroom risotto. And their bread is really good, too. Their pretzel bread is delicious that they included as well. You don't have to pay extra for it, which is nice. Okay, our four seed, Via Napoli, taking on the five seed Chefs de France, and this is a close one theming and uniqueness goes to chef de france um but i'm gonna go with quality of food and service to via napoli they really do have some great italian food their pizzas are delicious their pastas delicious they have a good drink menu too and it's just more my style of food honestly i love pizza love pasta and therefore my personal favorite is via napoli and they are going to take out chefs de france in this bracket Okay, moving on to Teppanito versus Beer Garden. I like this matchup, and I kind of paired them up because they are similar in atmosphere. And that it's like a shared dining experience. It's like, I think it has seating for like up to 10 people at each one. So you will sit with other parties if you only have like four or five people in your party. You're going to get uh, um, seated with another party. You get to interact with them if you want to and communicate with them. So I thought that was kind of fun and that you have like communal dining experiences. Tepanito is a hibachi grill. You get kind of a show there, as well as at Beer Garden, you have performers performing on stage, and um, a musical act, if you will, performing. And it's kind of an Oktoberfest-style dining experience. It's kind of fun. It's like you're transported to Germany, honestly. Tepanito is a hibachi-style grill. The chefs are incredible there. The food quality is amazing. And for me, these two, it came down to food quality. And that edge goes to Tepanito here. The food is really good. It's very simple and straightforward, but the quality there is great. And the taste is fantastic, too. Um, And if you're not really into German food, you might not enjoy beer garden as much. So for that, I'm going to go with Tepanito here, moving on just slightly over beer garden. The next one here, Space 220, takes on San Angel Inn. And I feel like if San Angel Inn was matched up with any other restaurant here, it might have a a fighting chance. But because they're both heavily themed, San Angel Inn is that one with the pyramid and you're kind of dining on the water of the Three Caballeros ride. Really great, really great ambiance, really great environment, really great theming. But Space 220 is like theming on steroids. It's got its own elevator ride taking you up 220 feet to space, simulating that experience. The whole place feels like you're in space. They have jumbotrons of video screens looking like you're in space, looking at Earth. And for that, it's a clean sweep for Space 220. Um, San Angel Inn, sometimes the food can be hit or miss. Uh, For me, I've always had a good experience there, but I know some people say one time they eat there, it's great. The next, it's not so much. So for that, it's a clean sweep to Space 220. One of the newer restaurants on property, and it's a great one. It's very hard to get reservations too. So if you find one, book it because you're not going to find them again, at least for right now. So they're very limited, very hard to get and make sure to book it because it may not be there again. Honestly, we haven't seen them since we got lucky and got a lunch one time. Um, okay. Moving on for Epcot, we have La salle taken on Via Napoli and I'm just going to get to it. There's not a much better restaurant food quality wise than La salle for total overall experience. Via Napoli is great for pizza, pasta, and things like that. I think the theming, I'd much rather enjoy La Salle over Via Napoli. Um, so therefore, I'm gonna go with La Salle winning four to one over Via Napoli and moving on. Tepanito taking on Space 220. Both of these are great restaurants, but it really comes down to that Disney experience. And this is the Disney sit down table bracket. So I'm going to go with Space 220 just for the theming alone. The food quality I'd give to Tepanito. And uniqueness has to go to Space 220. And if I could get one restaurant and cost wasn't a factor, I'm picking Space 220 all day long. So we have Le Cellier and Space 220 representing Epcot here. And we're going to pick one winner because that's what we're forced to do with this bracket. All right. The finals of Epcot leaves us with Le Cellier and Space 220. One's heavily themed, one's a unique experience, one is a steakhouse within Epcot in Canada. Um, So let's get to the scoring here. We're gonna determine our overall best sit-down restaurant, according to me, uh, at Epcot. So the theming, without a question, goes to Space 220. That's why you go there, that's why you eat there. And you go there for the experience and the atmosphere, and there's really no competition for this one. it's amazing. You're in space, you get a uh, simulated elevator ride to space, and the descent back to Epcot. It's a fun experience. It's a great time. So, Space 220 takes the theme. Quality of food, both are very good. I think it sort of depends on what you order at Space 220, I've heard. What I ordered, the steak frites, was really great, but I feel like a great restaurant shouldn't have to worry about what you order and the whole menu should be incredible, and that's the case at La Cellier. Everything I've ordered there has been incredible. It's been great, delicious, so quality of food goes to La Cellier. Service. This one is a toss-up, but in my recent experiences, I feel like since LaCellier is an older restaurant it has been around a little bit longer, they've had more time to fine-tune their service skills just a little bit more. Not saying Space 220 doesn't have great service because we did get great service that one day, but um, for me, I'm going to go with LaSellier on service. Uniqueness, steakhouses are a dime a dozen, you can find them anywhere. A really great steakhouse is hard to find. LaCellier is a great steakhouse, a Canadian steakhouse at that. Space 220, can't just find those every day, so therefore, Space 220 gets the unique factor here, and it comes down to my personal favorite again. I didn't draw it up like this. I know a lot of these come down to my personal favorite, but um, if I had to pick one of these two, it kind of comes down to price for me. Both of them are on the pricier side, honestly. But LaSalle is a little bit more budget friendly than Space 220, especially if you go for dinner. You're gonna be spending $80 a plate for that prefix menu at Space 220. You could spend that at LaSalle, but chances are you're probably going to spend more like $50 to $60 per plate. Um, so for those reasons, LaSalle takes the cake here at Epcot. So they're going to represent Epcot in the final four of our bracket. So that leaves us with Liberty Tree Tavern for Magic Kingdom, Sana'a for Animal Kingdom, 50's Primetime Cafe from Hollywood Studios, and LaSalle from Epcot. All right, now, now this makes me hungry, basically. Looking at the best four restaurants in all the theme parks. We're gonna start with Liberty Tree and Sanaa. And both of them are great restaurants. They're both very different. Sanaa has incredible experience with the animals and the bread service. Liberty Tree Tavern has amazing food and it's more family style, all you care to enjoy, which is great. The theming at both is incredible. That's why they're in the final four. And let's just get to the the scoring here. So I did a lot of research for Sanaa. I've been to Liberty Tree a few times. I haven't been to Sanaa yet, but it is booked. And this upcoming weekend, we're gonna actually be trying it out for the first time. So I really had to rely on reviews, blogs, videos, looking at the menu and doing my research for this one. But theming goes to Sanaa. It's just more well-themed. You do have to go to animal kingdom lodge as opposed to the theme park itself but you do get to see those animals and just there's hidden mickeys everywhere and when you're at a disney restaurant this is what you're looking for so theming goes to Sanaa. quality of food also goes to Sanaa. i feel like it's more a little bit up more upscale dining than perhaps liberty tree but liberty tree's food is delicious um Sana'a, get that great bread service with those nine dips and that naan bread And just the dishes and the menus and all the reviews I've read look incredible on this food. Um, So they get quality food as well. Service, I'm going to give it to Sanaa. Everything I've read is great. They go out of their way to make your experience memorable and just really have a great time. Liberty Tree kind of leaves a little something to be desired, but I'm not saying that they're bad by any means. Um, This is the final four, so we have to nitpick as much as we can here. So Sanaa... They take the first three categories, and they are actually going to move on. Doesn't matter how we score the rest, even though I do give Liberty Tree uniqueness because of that theming there. And it is in Magic Kingdom Park. Um, and it's my personal favorite as well. So, Sanaa so is moving on to the finals to take on either 50s Primetime or LaCellier. 50s Primetime. Okay. And LaCellier. the the duel to get to the finals, theming, theming goes to 50s primetime, right, I love Lasallier's theming in its own right, but it's not really Disney-esque, 50s primetime is Disney just all in your face, it's a Disney explosion basically, um, it really transports you back to the 50s, I'm not going to repeat myself because I've talked about it many times on this episode, so um, theming goes to 50s primetime, Quality of food, I'm going to give that to Le Cellier. It's hard to top that steakhouse and that quality of all of their dishes. Service, I'm going to give that to 50s Primetime again. They go out of their way, they get into character, and they stay in character. And that deserves a lot of respect. And um, they really work hard. Then they go out of their comfort zone, they really work hard, and they make your memorable experience that much more unique. Um, so for that, I'm going to give them that point. And uniqueness. Uniqueness has to go to 50s primetime. You can't find a 50s primetime much anywhere. But you can find those steakhouses like Le Cellier just about anywhere. And with that point, that's going to make 50s primetime move on, which I thought I would never say. But 50s primetime is going to represent the right half of the bracket. And uh, personal favorite, I would say Le Cellier. But um, due to my scoring sheet, I'm going to stick with it. So we're going to have a 50s primetime and Sana'a battle here. And it's a close one. Theming again. This is going to repeat myself. This is the finals here of our bracket. Theming's going to 50s primetime for the same reasons I just listed. Theming galore. Quality of food is going to go to Sana'a. Okay. And service. I'm going to give that to 50s primetime. I dare you to find better service than 50s primetime. Uniqueness. This one I'm going to give to Sana'a. I'm going to give uniqueness to Sana'a because you can't see animals at just about any restaurant. Only this one that I know of and maybe one more. You're looking at the Savannah and um, it's really just a unique experience. And the food is unique as well. It kind of makes you go out of your comfort zone to eat some of those um, items and try some new things. Which is what you know. I feel like dining at Disney World is all about. So this comes down to my personal favorite. I'm very biased towards 50s Primetime Cafe. I haven't been to Sana'a yet, but this research that I've done has made me extremely hungry and extremely wanting to eat at Sana'a, which I'm doing this weekend. So for the first time, I'm going to eat at Sana'a, and I'm going to say it's my personal favorite, just looking at the menu, looking at a Disney experience, and which one would I rather eat at tomorrow? And in this case, it's going to be Sana'a. The menu looks great. The drink menu looks better than 50's Primetime, And the dishes and the bread service alone, I think, is going to make it my personal favorite. I hope that's true this weekend. Once I eat there for the first time, I'll report back on that. But um, Sana'a takes it 3-2 to two over 50's Prime Time Cafe. So we have crowned our champion of the best sit-down restaurants at a Walt Disney World Resort. And that is Sana'a. But all of these, we're all winners if we can eat at all of these. Especially the final four. Or even the Elite Eight. They're all incredible restaurants. Brackets are great. They force you to pick a winner. It's not always easy. But everybody's a winner because we get to eat there and enjoy these incredible meals and these incredible experiences. That's going to do it for today's episode. Um, I enjoyed making this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening. Make sure to download and subscribe. Every support... um, Every supporter I can get helps. Uh, thank you for your support so far, and make sure to check out my Patreon if you want to, you know, help and contribute in any way. You know, every dollar counts. Um, these podcasts do cost a little bit of money to maintain, but I'm happy to do it. Um, if, so, if you want to help support the show, Patreon's one way to do that, and uh, and yeah, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, but again, keep listening, keep downloading. I love having new listeners. I see new listeners popping up every day, so thank you for your support. You can check me out on Twitter at uh, A Joel new World and check out my YouTube channel, Ajol New World, as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's adventure, and I will see you next time.